We meet today in Psalm chapter 31 to chapter 33. Psalm chapter 31 is a prayer of deliverance from trouble. As we talk about these psalms, I would like to mention that most of the psalms are very unfamiliar, yet they comprise one of the richest portions of the Word of God. Practically, all of the psalms we have looked at so far have been written by David, and he probably composed the music that accompanied the psalms. Each psalm has a special meaning for each of us. Here again, we see the troubles of the godly. So far in the Psalms, there has been a lot of that. But after all, the godly do have a lot of troubles. Psalm 31 speaks particularly of the past troubles of David. It also looks to the future and refers prophetically to the troubles that will come to the nation Israel in the Great Tribulation. Finally, it speaks of the present troubles that we all face. Psalm 31 verse 1. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. David knew that God could not lower his standards here in order to save sinners. Sin required a punishment, a penalty, and if the sinner did not pay it, someone else would have to pay it. Now God has a plan. He can save sinners because someone else has paid the penalty for sin. That person is his son, Jesus Christ. Because of this, David goes on to say in Psalm 31 verse 2, Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to serve me. Now, friend, you and I need a strong rock, not just some little pebble. We need a strong rock. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, the rock upon which the church of Jesus Christ is built, is Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 tells us, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now David is not yet through with the rock. He has more to say about the rock. Psalm 31 verse 3. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Is the Lord God your rock, my friend? Is that where you are resting today? Is he your fortress? Is he a fortress of protection to you? You need that. You don't need to rest on the strength of the economy of your country. You don't need to rest on your pocket, meaning your money. You don't need to rest upon even your medical advisor or even your lawyer. Christ is the rock of protection. Even where you come from does not give you protection. Psalm 31 verse 4 and verse 5 says, Pull me out of the net. 
which they have secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. At the scene of our Lord Jesus' crucifixion, we are told in Luke 23 verse 46, And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his life. When Stephen, the first Christian martyr, was stoned to death, we are told in Acts chapter 7 verse 59, And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now it is very interesting that down through the history of the church, Many of those who have died for their faith, who have become martyrs, have actually used the same expression. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Psalm 31 verse 7. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities. My friend, there is great comfort in knowing that God sees you in your trouble. Remember that God said to Moses when he wanted to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt in Exodus 3 verse 7 to 8, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians. The Gospels record the time the disciples were out on the open sea of Galilee in a boat when they were hit by a storm. It was the day of night and the waves were rolling high. They thought it was the end of their lives. But Mark says concerning the Lord Jesus in Mark 6 verse 48, Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now I like that. He sees you and me today. He knows our trouble. And that is where we see the comfort. He saw them from afar and the wind was coming against them. When the wind is coming against you, the Lord of comfort, the Lord who meets you in your point of troubles will be seen. What a comfort this is. Now we come to a prayer. Psalm 31 verse 9. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. Are you in trouble, my friend? Instead of winning and telling everybody else about it, why don't you go to the Lord? Say, Lord, I am in trouble. That is what David did. Sometimes we run around and go to faith healers and so forth and so forth and even to the physicians without going to the great physician we know who lives with us, he is with us. Bring your troubles to the Lord. Psalm 31 verse 15 tells us, Many times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Now that expression, many times are in your hand, is an interesting one. Our times are in Christ's hands, my friend. Those hands that were crucified, the crucified hands, are the ones that hold our times. I can see my sin in his hands, and they are the tender hands of a shepherd. He picked up the lost sheep and put it on the shoulders. 
my care and protection are in those nail-pierced hands. Some future day, he is coming back with blessing, and those hands will bless indeed. Psalm 31 verse 16 says, Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Now, again, here is another expression. Make your face shine upon your servant. It's a lovely one. The face of God is his anointed one, the Messiah. You see, God is spirit. I don't know how he looks or how he feels or how he acts, but the Lord Jesus Christ came down here on the earth to show us the Father. He came to reveal the Father. He is the face of God. Through him, we know God. And here the psalmist say, Make your face shine upon your servant. Let Jesus shine upon you, my friend. Psalm 31 verse 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. How great is the goodness of the Lord. Have you ever told anyone how God is, good is? Or how good God is? Now I find that people like to talk about their neighbors or their children or their father and mother or relatives or their bosses or their preacher and even the kind of business they are involved in. But not many people like to talk about the goodness of God. But God is good. And the psalmist said, Oh, how great is your goodness. When was the last time you told someone about the goodness of God? He is good. Psalm chapter 32 is a psalm of instruction. It is the record of confession, the forgiveness received, and the blessedness of David's complete restoration. In chapter 51 of Psalms, David promises if the Lord will forgive him for his sin, that he will teach the sinners his ways. That is what David is actually doing in chapter 32. He is teaching. So Psalm 32 is not a penitential psalm, but one of instruction. It is a teaching psalm. Psalm 32 verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. David is giving instruction here. He is telling us that he had made his confession to God, was forgiven, and had found complete restoration. Thus, he is a blessed man. He found shelter in God and was given a song of deliverance. In Psalm chapter 32, verse 1, it is the blessedness of a man whose sin has been forgiven. Oh, Christ died for our sins, and in his death, as substitute for sinners, he met and satisfied the righteousness of God, the righteous demands of God. Now the holy God can be a just God and a savior. He can be just and the justifier of those who believe in Jesus Christ. David is expressing the blessedness, the happiness of a man whose sins had been forgiven. You can be a blessed man, my friend. The secret is, have your sin been forgiven? 
Psalm 32, verse 2. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. My friend, God does not impute sin or make sin over to the sinner. No. He does not impute sin to the one who trusts in Christ. That sin was put on Christ. Romans 4 verse 25 tells us, Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. He knew no sin, but was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. That's a wonderful thing that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. David now relates his experiences in trying to hide his sin. Psalm 32 verse 3, When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. What had happened is that David had sat on the throne. He looked around at the crowd and said, Nobody here knows what I have done. Nobody else knows about my sin. I have hidden it pretty well. But David's conscience bothered him. In fact, this verse tells us that even his bones bothered him. He began to lose weight, and his friends around him became very uneasy looking at him. They felt that he needed to see a doctor or that something was wrong. They felt that he was probably suffering from some serious disease. But he just kept going through his agony from day to day, not confessing his sin. This is why he says, When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. Psalm chapter 32, verse 4. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Now, my friend, if you are a child of God, you can sin, but you cannot get away with sin. You cannot get by with it. That is the difference between a child of God and one who is not a child of God. If you are a man of the world, you can get away, you can get by with sin temporarily. But a child of God cannot. The hand of God was very heavy on David day and night. Now Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 31 to 32, For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. You see, if we do not judge ourselves, then God is going to judge us. God takes his own children to the woodshed for discipline, for punishment. You cannot get away with sin. What you sow, that you also reap. Psalm 32 verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin, Sila. Now, if you are out of fellowship with God today, David in this verse tells us about the way back. First John chapter 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. David shows us the way back and he says the way back is to confess your sins to God. Actually, that verse ends with the word sealer. In other words, stop, think, look, observe and take action. Psalm 32 verse 6. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. Noah was in the ark when the flood came, and that flood which destroyed others simply lifted him up because he was in the ark. The waters of judgment could not reach him. There is going to be another time of great judgment coming on the earth, but it will not be a flood of water. It will be fire. What can you do at a time like that? God will protect his own. Now God again moves on to use a humorous comparison in Psalm chapter 32 verse 9. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. You see, my friend, there are many Christians who do not orbit, who do not move and follow the will of God. They are way up in space. Yet God will guide them by his overruling providence, as we learn even in the little book of Esther. Here we see God comparing a believer who will not be led by God to an old-headed mule here, which has no standing, whose mouth must be held in with bead. Psalm 33 verse 2. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. Here the psalmist exhorts us to sing a song of praise to God because God is our creator. But the new song we will sing in heaven. And there, because the Lord Jesus Christ is our redeemer, we will enjoy that time. In Revelation chapter 14 verse 3 we read, they sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. A new song will be sung in the future. Psalm 33 verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right. And all his work is done in truth. Notice the word of God and the work of God, meaning his creative works. Psalm 33 verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. You see, my friend, the word of God is powerful. God used his voice to create, not to destroy. He brought the universe into existence by his word. He said, let there be light. And there was light. There is power in light, electrical power and electronic power. Do you realize that all of that came into existence only when God spoke? God spoke into existence. All created things, vegetation, 
animal life and man were all created by God's word. What tremendous power there is in his word. I don't know how he did it, but I do know that God did it. And that is an important thing to notice. There is also power in words. When God spoke, things came into existence. When Abraham blessed the children or Jacob blessed the children, they were blessed. I also charge you, my friend, to speak hope into those of your friends, those of your family, even in, into your spouse life. Instead of always sowing uh, weeds instead of seeds, we must sow seeds that grow and encourage people to grow, not weeds. Psalm 33, verse 12 to verse 13. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. The good news, my friend, is that God sees the United Nations. He sees the African Union. He sees the presidents, the prime ministers, and all the kings of the nations. He sees the congresses, the houses of assembly or parliaments. He sees you. He sees me. No one escapes his eye. That's why blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people that he has chosen as his own inheritance. That statement is true for nations. That statement is true for communities. That statement is also true for families. Blessed is a family whose God is the Lord. Blessed is a person whose God is the Lord. Psalm 33 verse 16 says, No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. Sometimes the tendency for us to depend on the strength of our armies or even on the kind of arms that we have. Nations are in this whole business of talking about um, weapons production, uh, coming up with the, the latest, the best that would make you powerful and even create you to become a superpower. The word of God says even then a horse was vain hope for delivering anyone. No king will be saved by the multitude of an army. Why? Because blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. History tells us that Napoleon said God is on the side of the greatest battalion, but he demonstrated that he was wrong because at the Battle of Waterloo, Napoleon had the greatest battalion and he lost. God is not on the side of the one who has the biggest bomb either. He is on the side of those who fear God. Psalm 33 verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. How wonderful this is. The last verse to consider is Psalm 33 verse 21. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. When we trust in the name of God, our hearts will rejoice. May I make a suggestion? Why don't you saturate yourself with the Psalms instead of running around attending all conferences which tell you about the new methods of doing what, of getting over this problem, even running a Sunday school, running a church or doing this or that? Why don't you stay home 
and even read the Psalms. For our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Blessed is a person whose God is the Lord. When you are saturated with this portion of the word of God, the Psalms, it not only will bring comfort to your heart, it will solve a larger percentage of the problems that you face, either in church, in personal life, in marriage, in child bringing, child rearing, whatever it may be. So you see that the Psalms are a rich area of the word of God. Put your trust in him and rejoice in him. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 7264144475 from within south africa it's 0726414475